The topics and opinions expressed in the following show are solely those of the hosts and their guests and not those of W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. We make no recommendations or endorsements for radio show programs, services, or products mentioned on air or on our web. No liability, explicit or implied, shall be extended to W4CY Radio, its employees, or affiliates. Any questions or comments should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for choosing W4CY Radio. Welcome to Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Join your host who is a multiple number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer. She's the founder of Genuinely Hyphen You and has 30 years experience of helping people step into their genuine authentic power. And now here is Gina Gardner, your host of Leadership for Life. Hello there, and thank you very much for joining us today on Leadership for Life. Today's focus is going to be perhaps more on the professional world, although the principles are very true for your personal life. Our need to adapt, to be flexible, is what has allowed the human race to thrive over all of these years. If we hadn't adapted as life went on, then we, like so many other animals, would have disappeared off the face of the earth. But given what's been going on over the last year, our need to adapt to whatever the new normal may be has never been greater. Enlightened, profitable leaders recognize that by standing still, you are in effect just stuck, that you are giving yourself no chance to succeed consistently. That requires forward momentum. Now, I'm really thrilled that our guest today, Robert Deptford, is going to join us because he has such a wealth of experience and expertise to help those businesses who need to really grasp the opportunity that video and the digital world offer. But before I introduce Rob, I want to just talk to you about this whole business of adaptability. When I first started my business, as opposed to being a principal in a school, I did a lot of research around what makes people successful and what makes businesses not only succeed, but actually maintain that success and build on it. And I was really surprised that when I looked at the Fortune 100 lists and I looked over them uh, for a number of years uh, going back, what I discovered was if you look to the top 10, there were one or two companies like Coca-Cola, for example, and Pepsi-Cola, that we remained in that top 10 consistently. However, the vast majority of that 10 businesses who had achieved the pinnacle of success, one might argue, by being in the top 100 fortune, uh, the top fortune 100, that having been in there once, they disappeared from view. They didn't go down to 132, they disappeared. And I began to question why was that? Further research showed me that there are many industries that failed to be flexible and adapt, and they, they pretty well died. So let me give you two examples. One is the Swiss watch industry. At one time, into the 50s and 60s and, and early 70s, they were really, um, if you wanted a good watch, 
go for a Swiss watch, you knew that you were going to get the very best. What I didn't know, and you may be unaware of this, is that when digital um, technology came in, the Swiss watch industry was offered that digital technology, um, but they said, no, we don't need it. No, 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 no. Um, people will still continue to buy Swiss watches. We have no need of that. And they let it go. Those in Japan, Taiwan, and a whole range of, of, of countries saw the opportunity and they started to use the digital technology. And these days, most people wear a digital watch and the Swiss watches are now a niche market. A second example of that is if you look at cameras and the fact that, it, you know, I'm old enough, it's my birthday tomorrow, and I'm certainly old enough to remember having cameras that had films in them. And I mean, I have to say it was not on a tripod with a you know, cloth over your head. I'm not that old. But you'd put a film into the camera, you'd take your pictures and then you'd take your your film to the chemist for them to um, to process it. And half the time your pictures had come back and you wouldn't know whether they were good, bad or indifferent until they had actually been developed. When digital cameras came in, you'll see that many of the big photographic companies did not adapt quickly enough. They started to do it later. But now if you look at how most people take their photographs, it's on their phone. It's, it, it's a very different situation. If you have a company, if you have, are an entrepreneur, if you are a business person, then one of the things that I would urge you to do is to recognize that if you've always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. Now, if everything was staying the same, one might argue, well, what's wrong with that? But we don't live in a static world. We live in a world where everything is moving. And if you don't move with it, you'll get left behind. Standing still isn't an option. The only way you will continue to succeed is if you are in forward momentum. And that means being able to adapt. So let me give you another example. And sport is a really great example for this. Now, I'm not a sports person, but I used to play sport when I was at school. And we were always taught, don't throw or kick to the person where they are now, because by the time your the ball gets there, they will have moved to somewhere else. You need to anticipate where you think that person is going. And it's one of the reasons, isn't it, why so many teams fall down because they don't work as a cohesive team. They don't understand what the likelihood is in terms of the movement that that person is going to make. Now, Last weekend, um, there was the rugby on. My brother-in-law is living with me at the moment while their house is, new house is renovated. And he's a great rugby aficionado. I wouldn't normally watch it. But I watched as one team was completely trounced by the other. Why? Because that team anticipated. They sent the ball and the player went and met the ball and they succeeded. The other team, they were actually passing the ball and it was not in forward momentum. 
In fact, run, uh, those players were having to run back to retrieve the ball. So think about your business. And in many ways, this is also true of your personal life. If you don't anticipate what's needed, you're going to find that you'll get um, yourself into situations where you'll be left behind or things won't work out well. You know, it's true of your finances. If you always spend up to the, to the very limit, the chances are that something will happen where you will need access to funds. But if you anticipate that and save a little, then, you know, if there is a leak or the car goes wrong, then you have that buffer that will help you manage the situation. Being flexible, being ready to, to try new things is one of the things that's made the human race successful. Yet so many people stay stuck in their comfort zone. Now, we're going to be talking about you know, digital things, and I am not an expert, which is one of the reasons why I'm so pleased that we've got Rob as a guest today. But I think back to three years ago when I didn't have an internet presence. I certainly hadn't been a host on a radio or TV show. I had made no videos. And I remember the first time I sat in front of the camera and I was tongue-tied. I was so conscious of that bit of plastic in front of me that I couldn't operate. But as I began to do it more and more, I found that my confidence grew and now I don't give it a second thought. I'm very happy in front of the camera. Now, does that mean that, you know, that what I do is, is brilliant? No, it doesn't. But does it mean that I am more and more confident about doing the job and as a result, do a better and better job? There's plenty of room for improvement, but ultimately, learning to be outside your comfort zone is so important, particularly if you are in the world of business and you're in the world of business now. I talked about profitable, enlightened leaders, and I think that we're going to need a very different breed of leader moving forward. And one of the attributes of those leaders is going to be to have a vision, to know the why, and to have the capacity to either be able to do it themselves or much more likely to be able to attract the right sort of people so that they can help them because no one person can do it all. The profitability will come among other things with the capacity to see where the opportunities are. And you see more opportunities if you believe that they're there rather than being fearful and staying stuck where you are. What I've noticed with working with clients and actually talking to people is many people are stuck in that fear. And I absolutely understand it. We, the world is changing at a pace that even a year ago we would not have believed. Just think about it. How many people do you know who wanted to work from home and were told it wasn't possible prior to the pandemic? I was talking to a friend who for four years had been asking her her boss, can I work from home? It's, it's a really tricky journey. Um, I'll get more done. And she was told, no, the technology is not there. We can't do it. You won't have security. It took the company four days to sort it out when we went into lockdown. 
What does the company found? That actually she is more productive, not least because she actually works her travel time, but also she's not so tired from the hour and a half each way traveling. So things are changing. And after the break, you're going to have an opportunity to listen to Rob and his take on how businesses need to really focus on how they can be flexible and adapt moving forward, particularly using digital um, uh, technology um, and creating the expertise that, that goes with that. So don't go away. We'll see you in a moment after the break. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday 1 p.m. Eastern Time on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-u.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hello there. Welcome back. Let me tell you about Robert Deptford. Now, I met Robert and we're actually part of, of the same mastermind group. And one of the things that I have learned about Rob Deptford is that he has such a wealth of experience and expertise. He's an on-camera storyteller, media trainer, and digital marketing educator with a background in broadcasting, marketing, and communications, education management, and leadership. With consumer habits quickly going digital, Rob teaches entrepreneurs how to thrive in the digital first business era using video marketing as a primary tool to transform and future-proof virtually any kind of business. Now, I've watched Rob's videos and they are magic. So without more ado, I'd like to welcome Rob to the show. Hi, well, Rob. Hi, Pleasure to join you. Hey, happy birthday for tomorrow. 
Thank you very much. I'm not thinking about the age bit, but you just enjoy the day off. Thank you. Well, we have to celebrate these things for sure. So. We certainly do. So before we get into the business, just give us a bit of background story. How have you gone through all of those things to here? Well, uh, in a, a rather meandering way, I suppose. Uh, I did start out in broadcast as a young man, and I thought maybe I'd be the next Peter Jennings or somebody like that. I, I think he, you know, me being Canadian, Peter Jennings was the most prominent Canadian who made it big in the United States. And, uh, and so that was sort of the target for, for a young news broadcaster. Um, but that didn't last. Uh, you know, life happens and uh, yeah. other opportunities presented themselves. And I ended up doing marketing work for, I don't know, probably 20 years uh, and, uh, and found myself in a position where I had to adapt to changing trends in, in that space. Um, and uh, not the least of which was the transition to the digital space, which I, I've been telling people for a long time has been coming, has been happening. Um, but as you sort of alluded to off the top when you were setting up the show here, um, people are reluctant to change if they don't have to and if yeah. things are working. And now all of a sudden we have a pandemic and wow, we have to change. Yes. Uh, and so here we are now, uh, although many people don't necessarily have uh, an idea of where to start to make that transition, to be successful and to future-proof future themselves uh, for, for going forward into this, what really <coughs> is digital first business. Um, and, uh, and so that's where I decided to you know, pivot a little bit and, and try to teach some of this stuff because there is a need for it. It's interesting, isn't it, how you say, as you say, people often won't make the change until they are forced the, right at the cliff edge before they will agree to change. So yes. I'd like to ask you, you talk about the fundamental shifts that businesses must make. And I'm interested in that not only you change now, but it's the future proofing. Why do you think that video and the digital um, uh, technology has become so important? Well, it's where consumer trends are moving. And it's not just video. Video happens to be the tool that I have some expertise in, having come from that broadcast training. Um, and it works well. We know video is very effective. Uh, probably the most effective medium at the moment in the online space. It's actually just surpassed uh, blogging and infographics uh, as, uh, as the most effective in terms of getting your message to the consumer. Um, but um, you know, more broadly, it's about creating a digital footprint that is sizable yeah. enough that you can be discovered in that space. And so with consumers having been moving online and then the pandemic forcing yeah. them now to go online because you can't leave your house in lockdown, yeah. what is going to happen when they search for your product or service? Now, that's really the question. Are they going to find you or are they going to find one of your competitors? Yeah. I hope they find you. And uh, in order for them to discover you, they, they, you have to be there. You have to be creating some kind of content that can be found through the search engines so that you can be discovered by your uh, potential customers. Uh, it seems to me that, that you know, that's really important. If you're not there, then you're not in the game, are you? Absolutely. But, it, but it's not just about being there. I know that when Facebook Lives became very popular, I started to listen to it, and there was a lot of real rubbish out there mm. that within a couple of seconds you thought, 
do you know, that's not for me. I don't really want to know whether they've had an egg and bacon for breakfast. You know, I want something of quality. So I'd be really grateful if you'd share with people what your view is and how you can ensure that, that actually what you are offering is worth people spending time on. Well, really for me, there are three pillars of success in, in terms of what you're doing online. And I think it's confidence, competence, and content strategy. And the, the person who is on Facebook telling you about the breakfast they had, they're not doing that for business purposes, probably. I, I'd be shocked if they were, I mean, unless maybe they run a restaurant. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, um, but to have a, a good content strategy, to be doing things with purpose, um, you know, whether it's part of a broader sales funnel or it's relationship building or whatever the, the objective is for you, having that content strategy is key. And then it's thinking about, well, where do I need to show up? And it might be Facebook and it might not be. Uh, I think we lose sight of the fact that, you know, there are eight, almost eight billion people in the world. And there is an, so there's enough audience to go around for yeah. everybody. So if you run into something that you go, well, you know, this doesn't resonate with me, that's okay because it will resonate for somebody else yes. in your target market. Uh, and if uh, if it's not working for you, then you know, it's time to rethink that strategy. Yeah. And, okay, I'm a complete beginner. Um, I've, I'm an entrepreneur. I've got a business and I have been avoiding doing anything digitally. Um, I, I've got, you know, I do LinkedIn, but but what would your advice for somebody who's starting out be? Just get started. Uh, and, and, you know, this isn't rocket science. It really is just getting an account set up and trying something. And when it comes to the video piece, uh, I, I know that can have some barriers. You know, there's fear of the technology and, and fear of how people might be judged uh, by yeah. their, their appearance and how they deliver on camera. And that's perfectly natural. It's like when we do anything new, uh, we have some hesitation. And as you talked about uh, earlier, you know, these things come together with practice. And you yes. said that you, you know, three years ago, weren't doing a show like this, and now you're doing it and you look like an expert. Well, it's <laughs> up over time, right? Uh, so it really is just, you have to start somewhere and you're going to go through those learning stages of uh, unconscious incompetence to start with, right? And eventually yeah. you'll move into that conscious incompetence and go, okay, well, I've got to, there's some things I can identify now yeah. that I can work on. And you'll eventually get to unconscious competence yeah. where you're just doing this and you're not even having to think about it anymore. Yeah. I think that's really good advice. Um, I'd like you to tell us what you think your biggest life lesson has been around all of this. You know, um, this is, so for me, I, I think I've got, I've come up with this triple A strategy, I call it. And, um, and so for me, it's all about anticipating, adapting and advancing. And, um, you know, when you look at, you talked about how the world is moving much more quickly than, than maybe what we were used to years ago. And one of the quotes I try to live by, uh, and you made some good sports analogies as well. You know, I'm in Canada, so we're a hockey country. And yeah. so I look to Wayne Gretzky, who was sort of the hero of my generation. And he said years ago that, you know, I skate to where the puck is going to be, not to where the puck has already been. Yeah. And, uh, and that really is what anticipating is about. Whether you're a hockey player, if you're a race car driver, you're thinking ahead about where's the next turn and preparing yourself 
uh, to make that next turn in the most efficient and effective way. So we need to be thinking that way in business and then make that adaptation so that we can do it well and advance our business. And this is where the future-proofing comes in too, right? Because we're setting ourselves up to be successful because we've made that anticipation. So we have the chance of scoring the goal or making the turn in the race car and continuing to do that as we progress. It sounds to me like such common sense. And yet in my experience, common sense is actually not as common as you'd like it to be. Um, so what is it that you're offering people? How do you help people move forward? Well, what I want to do is, as I said, there's a need to teach these things because if you're in a traditional business setting, you know, often I'll use the example of something in the service industry like a restaurant or a hair salon, where I think maybe it's more challenging for those small entrepreneurs to think about uh, how this might work for them because you can't give a haircut through the internet yeah. or deliver a meal through the internet. So what part of my business uh, can work for me in the digital space. So there is this need to learn these things. And, uh, and so there are some things in the works that I'm not quite ready to announce yet that we'll, uh, we'll provide solutions for on that front. Um, but in the meantime, uh, we've got some products. I've got a couple of books that people can uh, delve into that are action planners to get started with these things. Uh, one is the business broadcasting advantage, uh, how not to vanish in the digital first business era. Right. Uh, and uh, and I talk sometimes about this concept of digital Darwinism, where we're, you know, we're going to see, especially now, a, a survival of the fittest. And those yeah. who can adapt to move forward are going to do well. And those who don't make these moves and, and take a little bit of risk along with that, well, their chances are not going to be as good, uh, unfortunately. So let's let's look at how can how can we set ourselves up for success. And then another one on the video piece alone is the on-camera confidence handbook which will help people take these steps necessary to overcome those fears of technology and the, that fear of, of judgment of performance uh, and, uh, and get on camera and start creating some good content with some strategy behind it. Um, so those are some good resources now. Uh, and uh, the things that are coming are going to be exciting too, but watch the website at robertdepford.com for that. And in the meantime, there's the, some free content on the YouTube channel as well. Uh, and uh, Robert Deptford, uh, the Digital First Academy, you'll, you'll see that. And there's a bit of a hint as to what's coming. Uh, but that's the YouTube channel. And there'll be some good things there, too. I've certainly watched um, the films, the, the videos that you have on your YouTube channel. And I can vouch for the fact that it's, it's sound stuff, but it's delivered in such an accessible way. So if you've never done anything before, it's not in technical speak because I think that's one of the things that puts people off. It's in it's in people speak and that you can actually um, access it very easily and use the technology that you have around your telephone, uh, you know, your iPhone or smartphone. Um, you, you when you think how things have moved on and the quality of those the the video and of the, the photographs that you can take on a digital. Um, phone these days. It's amazing, isn't it? It really is. Uh, there was a time when we had to have huge production crews to make 
uh, what we believe to be good video. And, and I think part of it is we need to lower our standards a little bit because we're not trying to make Hollywood movies here. Um, but uh, smartphones are absolutely amazing. Some of the new smartphones now are shooting in 8K resolution. And most of us haven't even caught up to 4K yet. <laughs> so, uh, so it's really quite something to see that technology evolving. So, okay, I'm a, an entrepreneur. I've listened to what you've said. I've got my phone, uh, but I want to get started. So in the, some of the time that we have left, what would be really helpful is if you could actually perhaps give people some pointers in terms of how they can get started. Sure. Well, I teach people to start with their smartphone. And yeah. uh, in fact, you can get, uh, there's a free mini course that you can take uh, at getoncamera.com. Uh, and uh, it's a three-part mini course just about why and how you should start with your smartphone. So some of the things around that is um, really to start with the advantages for business, which we've sort of talked about. But if you're going to get started with just your smartphone, again, the key is to just start. And I think a lot of us, especially if you're uh, of a certain generation like me, we have this fear <laughs> of technology and pressing buttons. And, you know, what's going to happen if I press this button? Am I going to blow up my phone? Um, and we have to get past that and just press some buttons and especially the red record button that comes up on the camera app when we get started. And keep in mind that you don't have to, to post this anywhere to start with. When yeah. we're practicing initially, you can just spit something out off the top of your head. Tell us about the weather or tell us a story about what happened yesterday or last summer. Just get started telling us something and record that and play it back for yourself. And as you become more comfortable delivering, think about sharing it with somebody close to you, a close friend or family member, and have them give you a little bit of a critique. And then you can think about when you've got some feedback and you've made some maybe some uh, adjustments to what you're doing, then you can start to think about, okay, well, where am I going to post this? And throw it up on Facebook or LinkedIn. Chances are not a lot of people are going, going to see it actually anyway. So just test it out and, uh, and see what, what happens as you go through that process of posting a video. Yeah. And just as you've done over a period of three years, it's if you keep some momentum going, yeah. it's just going to get easier and easier. From a technical perspective on a smartphone, I just tell people, make sure you know where the camera is. So even in this case, we're using a webcam here, yeah. but I'm not looking at you at, on, on screen, right? I'm talking through the camera lens yeah. to you. Yeah. And that's really important in terms of making the connection to your target audience. So where's the camera on your smartphone? For me, it's up here in the top corner, top left corner, uh, top right corner, I guess it is for me. And uh, so be mindful of that and be looking through yeah. the camera lens to your audience as you're delivering your message. Um, and then, you know, think about how you can continuously add uh, what I call, you know, forms of composition to your video. So we start off with the talking head, right? We yeah. just start and we deliver our message and we stop and away we go. But down the road, if you're telling a story about something you've done on a vacation, well, can you be in that place telling the story, you know, and have some background images to support that story? Um, can you be, uh, another trick if, if people are a little bit worried about privacy, 
is, you know, go into your car and record a video in your car. Yeah. Your, your car really is a mobile studio, if you think about it, because they're engineered to keep sound out. Yeah. Engineered to keep your, your stereo sound in and sounding good. Mm -hmm. So you can actually get some pretty good acoustics in terms of creating video in there. But then, there you have a challenge with images, unless you're actually telling a story about something to do with your car. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the <laughs> image isn't going to support the, the no. video. But think about all, all of these other things, because video gives us the opportunity not just to tell a story, but to show a story. So think about how you can add to that composition. And once you start and you get on a roll with these things, it starts to become much more natural and it just gets better and better. And your audience will resonate with that and start to develop some level of trust in what you're delivering. And that's what leads to business. Yeah. One of the things that I found really helpful and somebody gave me a tip, particularly when I was creating a video where I was perhaps a training video for me because I do a lot of, of training and development, was to have um, a picture um, beyond the camera. Yeah. And so instead of talking to the piece of plastic and um, bits of electronics, I was still talking to a person. And that would be my ideal client or my ideal trainee or whatever. Um, and that sense of humanness helped me get over the, the, the barrier that the technology was actually creating. Um, and it's little, little constructs like that that can make such a lot of difference. That is, uh, that's a very common trick, actually. I've got uh, a YouTube video on that. Uh, it goes back a while now, but I actually taped up a hockey card on my camera. <laughs> so I'm speaking to a hockey player in my, in my imagination, but uh, it does yeah. the trick. It helps it you visualize, and that really is what makes it work. Now, um, we can't go through this interview without me mentioning Kermit. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun that was uh so yes so for those who haven't seen it uh i i did uh, a video on youtube last week i guess it was uh, yes and uh, just talking about the concept of search on youtube and how you can leverage something bigger than you because youtube really is a search engine and it, it's owned by google which is you know, the largest search engine so if you're if you're making a video that contains keywords that are uh, larger than what you are in the online space, then you can leverage that and potentially be discovered more easily because people might search for Kermit the Frog, for example. Yes. And some people do. So my video is uh, around that concept. And I did a little bit of a Kermit impression, which I don't think is very good to be honest. <laughs> I have to say it made me smile and it certainly made me sit up and take notice. It, it, it will do that for sure. Uh, and, uh, and that really is the point. I think once you get comfortable with yourself in the on, on camera uh, and boy, I needed a certain level of comfort for that one for sure. I bet you did. I just have to say my hair is not long enough for me to do a Miss Piggy. So <laughs> <laughs> you're safe. <laughs> Oh dear. Well, that may, it may be the one and only time Kermit appears on YouTube for me, for my channels. So. Okay. Well, I would really say to everyone, go and find it. It's it's worth a watch. Um, <laughs> and at, a, at a, a, an instructional level, really good. But it's a great impression and it did make me smile. 
Now, those who watch the show regularly will know that, that Genuinely You is a really proud member of B1G1, buy one, give one. And one of the things that we do to support B1G1 is that every guest is invited to choose um, a particular um, project and we donate on their behalf. And so your um, choice um, today um, was to give milk to uh, supplement a child's nutrition. And that will help a child grow up normally and healthily by covering the cost of providing 200 milliliters of milk a day. Um, and many children around the world don't have enough to eat. As a result, they become malnourished, that their mental um, capacity doesn't develop or they develop rickets. And so you will be helping a number of children um, and we will donate that on, on your behalf. Um, it's a great organization. And one of the good things about it is they have a sister organization who um, raises all the money for the administrative costs. And so every penny that is donated goes to the projects and they're vetted so that they know that they are delivering what they say they're delivering. So we will donate that on your behalf. Thank you very much. Thank you. I think that's an incredible program. And uh, I, I know it's difficult to make these choices sometimes, but for me, it tends to be that we we uh, we focus on charitable organizations that we have some connection to. And uh, and I have a son who struggles a little bit with nutrition, um, and and we have resources. So I, yes. I can't imagine you know in areas that don't have the same kinds of resources. So I think it's a great cause. Brilliant. Finally just remind people where they can find you and anything that you offers or things that you'd like them to know about. Well, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on YouTube and robertdeptford.com is the website. I think you should watch the website because that's where some of these uh, upcoming things are going to appear. Um, and, uh, and, and I look forward to continuing to help people make this transition. Uh, I know it's not easy. I know it's it's come really quickly at a lot of business owners, and uh, and there are some that are sort of in panic mode. Uh, but there's a tremendous opportunity in this. Yes. And so for those who are ready and willing and able to to make that adaptation in advance, uh, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of success stories. Brilliant, Rob. It's been a delight. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, and you know, I hope people will actually take the trouble to go and find you because your stuff is absolutely brilliant. So thank you very much. Don't go away. After the break, uh, we've got the final bit of the show. But again, Rob, thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to Gina Gardner on Leadership for Life. We'll be back after this quick break. Want to get the best out of life personally and professionally? Are you ready to step into a life which excites and fulfills you? Well, the right place for you is Leadership for Life with Gina Gardner on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. We will share with you stories from inspiring people, a wide range of guest experts, and lots of practical strategies to help you get the very best out of your personal and professional life. Leadership for Life is a radio and TV show focused on helping you live a happier, more successful, and fulfilling life. Join international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment and transformational leadership coach and trainer, Gina Gardner, live every Thursday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 
on W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV. Become the leader of your own life. Gina Gardner's number one international best-selling book, Thriving Not Surviving, The Five Secret Pathways to Happiness, Success, and Fulfillment, provides you with the foundational principles on which to become the best leader of your own life. It's available as an ebook, paperback, hardback, and as an audio from genuinely-you.com or also from Amazon. Every one of the principles have been proven to work for the countless people who have used them, including the author. Now, let's put them to work for you. If you're ready to discover your true leadership life design, accelerate your journey with an invitation to join Gina for a Leadership for Life VIP Day. Choose your journey of self-discovery where Gina will help you navigate your way to happiness, success, and fulfillment. To find out more, email gina at genuinely-u.com. Welcome back to Leadership for Life. Here is your host, Gina Gardner. Hi there, and welcome back. I want to shift the emphasis um, for the last bit of this show because it's been an interesting week. Um, and every day this week, I seem to have been having very similar conversations with clients. I don't quite know whether there is coincidence. I'm not sure I believe in coincidence, uh, to be quite honest. But what's been going on is I've had a number of clients who have phoned um, and the theme has been self-worth. That they have had a wobble um, and at the heart of that wobble has been not believing in their own capacity, not believing in their own power to take charge of their lives. And for some, it's been, they've, they've been uh, clients that perhaps haven't worked for for a, with, for a while and they just needed a reminder. They just needed an opportunity for somebody to say, you know, if you think about it, think about what you can do. Think about all of the skills, attributes and expertise that you have to offer and just step back into them. For others, for new clients, it's been actually exploring what's got in the way of them having poor self-worth. And more often than not, it's something that's happened in their childhood and it's established a belief that has become their reality. I'm not good enough, that I can't, um, that other people are better than me. Why would they listen to me? Um, how can I step forward? And yet the one thing that all of the people I'm talking about have in common is that they are amazing people doing great things. Where we start with having self-worth is just so important. You know, owning who you are, wobbly bits and all, owning yourself and recognizing that saying good things about yourself is not blowing your trumpet if so long as it doesn't come from a place of ego. And let me just share a couple of things. I was talking to one client today and she spent four years doing a master's. And she talked about that she wasn't going to go and collect her degree and go through the ceremony because people might think that she was blowing her own trumpet. Now, isn't that interesting? Four years work, 
a really and, and she's not a, a a student that's gone you know she's not uh, in her early 20s this is someone who's gone back to education and who has worked and is going to get uh, a really good uh, degree she's worked very very hard and yet her concern that other people would think that she was blowing her trumpet and being ego driven was stopping her actually owning what an achievement that was. And when we started to unpick that, what became clear is that this was really something much more significant that all through her life, other people had been seen as more important, that she had uh, been very slow to own the amazing things that she had done and the amazing person that she was. And as we started to talk and, you know, I asked her about, um, you know, the different things. We were working through a CV, she's applying for a job, and we were working through her CV and her letter of application. And the thing that struck me is that it, when we first started doing that, that she didn't really appear in that at all, her personality, her energy, and that it, it read rather like an essay rather than owning what she'd done. And so when we started to break up the essay and I'd say to her, um, okay, so you talk about this principle, what have you done? What's your, your experience? Um, how have you, could you demonstrate that? And so would start this significant list of things that would demonstrate that she actually um, fulfilled this principle and had delivered it and made it from, a, um, from simply being a theoretical principle into embodying that and empowering others to do the same. What she hadn't recognized is the value of that. And whatever we started to talk about initially, she would put the word, well, it was okay, or it was quite okay, or it was what other people do. Her reality was very different. This was high level executive development and management of people at the highest level in terms of enabling other people to take on board the principle and fulfill it themselves. So one of the things, the reasons I wanted to bring that up is if let's go back to you taking charge of your business as an entrepreneur or a business person or as a leader within somebody else's business, that ultimately it's so important that you own your capacity, your ability, you own your power and you don't need other people to tell you how good you are. You don't need other people to reassure you when you know your own value. Now there is a huge difference between knowing your own value and being boastful and ego-driven about it. It's not about rubbing other people's faces in it, but it is about recognizing that you have huge value just by being you. And if you're then going to take that um, into the situation where you're going to start using the video, for example, recognize that you're never an expert when you first do anything. It's a learning process. I mean, how many of you drive? How many of you 
when you drive now, you just do it at an unconscious level. And yet when you learned to drive, you had to think mirror signal maneuver. And if you had a geared car, where am I going to put the gear stick and all of those things? But you learned it. And the same with any skill, because you are trying something different and you don't know how to do it. It does not in any way diminish your power, your capacity. You're learning something new. There's a famous golfer when he um, put in, uh, he got, he got uh, the ball out of the bunker and a journalist said to him that, you know, you're just so lucky. Um, and he said, isn't it interesting? The more I practice, the luckier I become. And so whether you're talking about any skill and using digital technology in this new era, being flexible, being able to adapt, maybe a new skill for you. And to start with, you may be a bit wobbly. But the more you do it, the more you listen to feedback, the more you're open to um, to improvement without judgment, without making stories up about how terrible you are. Instead of that, it's this is new to me and I am learning. And the more I do it and the more I listen to feedback, the better I will get. Success is then not only more likely, but you're likely to sustain it because however good you are, there's always room for it to be even better. So ultimately, what I'm saying to you, all of you, is step into your power. Recognize that your being in your genuine power doesn't diminish other people. In fact, it's not about anybody else. It's about you owning the very best of you. And the best of you today is the foundation of the best of you tomorrow, next week, next month, in a year, 10 years time. And, you know, when you reflect back to what you've learned over the years, it's interesting, isn't it, that you look back and look at the things that you struggled with that now you take for granted. Recognize that if you can do that in some arenas, you can do it in any arena. The most important factor in all of this is, are you going to focus on succeeding or are you going to focus on your fear of failing? If you focus on your fear of failing, it'll keep you stuck. There'll be no momentum. However, if you focus on I want to succeed even better, not very good grammar, but you know what I mean. The more you do that, the more you build on that, the more you take on board the things that don't go right and you learn from them, the better you'll get. So this program's called Leadership for Life for a very good reason. You are, if you choose to be, the leader in your own life. Lots of resources at genuinely-new.com, at ginagardner.com, at uh, ginagardnerassociates.co.uk and at genuinely-u. Go and dip into them, okay? Those resources are there to help you. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Facebook. Do contact me, gina at genuinely-u.com. Any questions, any comments, love to hear from you. But whatever, be the leader in your life. You have been listening to The Leadership for Life with your host, Gina Gardner. Make sure you tune in to W4CY Radio and Talk 4 TV next Thursday and every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time for more Leadership for Life. If you missed any part of this episode or just want to hear or see it again, you can find the archive of the TV show on Talk 4 TV's YouTube channel and the podcast of The Leadership for Life on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Amazon Music, and wherever you listen to your podcast.